And welcome back to another Whitmer and Quake podcast. I'm going to say Mike and Jeff podcast. I am off today, people. You're going to hear this all throughout the podcast. Uh, and maybe, you know, some annoyance in my tone through going through today because some, you know, annoyances happened at work. So I'll get to that in our podcast on Tuesday. That's more of an underachievers podcast, not a hockey podcast, which no. we're talking about today, which we haven't talked about since that uh, – before game seven against the Flyers. I don't think we've podcasted since then because, you know, we had our grieving period from uh, that loss. And yeah, so over it, we, so. we both shaved and our beards are already growing yeah. back. If you didn't notice that from this and our last podcast on Tuesday. Yes. So, but yeah, uh, yeah like but Mike said, we do it's have a that. hockey day. We yeah, have it's a, a hockey day. Uh, a lot of league-wide stuff we will do as we usually do after his flyer season ends. We're doing a season review season in review of how we thought of the team, what our expectations could be for next year and so on. Um, and then we have our first uh, breakdown of uh, a, a deep, a deep dive of NHL team last year when we were doing this, we did division by division this year, we're changing it up. We're going to go alphabetically. So this year, by this city. Time, yes, by city. Um, so today's box on today's one, we're going to do the Anaheim ducks and obviously playoffs, but who cares about that? Right. Yeah, and no, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> the Flyers got eliminated. I'm not over that. Okay, I don't know why, but lately I haven't watched as much hockey as I, I haven't either. Last to. night was I watched a little bit of hockey, but most of that when you mentioned how we're watching it because my parents were out. They don't I, know. We were why just talking about that. the Flyers the whole time. Nice. nice, I love it. But I don't know why. I literally last like few games and everything. I just have not. I just haven't. Yeah. Well, you're with Danny, as so. close to. Oh, yeah, that's true. I haven't paid as close attention as I would want to, but I don't know. But um, let's uh, send yes, you – we'll, we we'll talk do. about the starting lineup. So first I got this, the stat head here on my phone, and uh, after that uh, we're going to break down some more league news. We have a ton going around, mm-hmm. and then eventually go to the Flyers breakdown and um, some, at some point – Some surprises in the league. Going to – too. Yes, but I'll just leave it at that before then. Yeah. And so, as we start most of these podcasts with that stat head, because hockey yep. is still going on, uh, even though a lot of us, except for four fan groups, uh, care about the playoffs going on right now. Or if you're just into hockey. Right. Uh, so yesterday, top performers, I'm only going to mention the top performers who reached two points. Um, JG Baggio going assist, because there's one game. Brock Nelson going assist. Anthony Bavelli, goal and assist. Sergeyev, goal and assist. And Josh Bailey, two assists. I, will uh, say, yeah. I have another thought on there, too. I'll get to that in a second when we okay. talk about this series. Uh, more. Final score of the only game is 5-3 Islanders. They have uh, made it a 2-1 series lead for Tampa Bay, now cutting that lead in half. And there will definitely now be a game five. Uh, Simon Varlamov, the winning goaltender, three goals allowed, 34 saves, 37 shots, point nine one nine. Sorry, 0.919 save percentage. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky, not his best night. Four goals allowed, 31 saves on 35 shots. 8.886 save percentage there. Sergeyev, Palat, and Tyler Johnson, each scoring for Tampa Bay. Clutterbuck, uh, Pellick, Pavillier, and Nelson, each scoring for the Islanders with that empty netter was Pajot. And a little tense moments after that empty netter by Pajot, who was hooked. And uh, whacked that a little bit by, I believe, uh, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, there was a, a pretty big scrum after that. 
Uh, so they aren't too happy with Kucherov or the Lightning, and the Lightning aren't happy with them. So there's a little bit something brewing there. Yeah, fuck um, the Islanders, right, people? Right, people? <laughs> Sorry, oh, two geez. Islanders fans in Long Island. The Sorry. What fans? Two Islanders fans? I know, they right? Fans? What? I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I, got, I got another round. I'm, wa- that. I'm wanting yeah. you up. I'm wanting you up. I got another round there. Don't worry. Oh, I can't wait. All right. So, uh, next game for this series, Tampa Bay and the Islanders, Sunday, September 13th, uh, which is tomorrow, actually, tomorrow afternoon, 3 p.m. start. Yep, because and, football is back. They no longer have that prime time spot. Yes. So, they will have to uh, go and, back to an afternoon game there. Yes. And Saturday, uh, today, Saturday. Oh, my God. Uh, Larry, tonight, 8 p.m. Today's Saturday. But, yeah, it is. Yeah, today's Saturday. <laughs> Dude, I'm losing it. I'm losing it all over here. Uh, later tonight, 8 p.m., you had Dallas and the Vegas Golden Knights. Dallas is up two games to one, thanks to a 32-33 second goal in the first overtime by Alexander Radulov. So that is the stat head for today. Nice, quick, short, and sweet stat head. Uh, let's get to the league. And what right? happens when there's only one team. Yeah. Um, but before that, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs going on, because that's going on. Um, but my thought, my thing first, because... I, yes. I'm thinking about it now and later on the podcast, it's going to be weird to bring it up. So after okay, let's bring this, it up. Um, you know, what's really scary about this lightning team. One, they don't have Sam Coos. Well, that they didn't have point last night and they were still able to come back against the Islanders. So those two Islanders fans, you should be, even though you won last night, you should be a little nervous still because one point in the play. And, and two, Probably the best player on the ice besides Kucherov. And two, I still wouldn't have been confident outside of the Flyers series because the Flyers were not playing their Flyers-esque selves the top no. uh, the way they should have been playing, and they still took you to seven games. Yeah, and they nearly blew a three-one series lead. Yeah, and technically they did. But I know they both. I know they won two, all three in overtime, but still, they still the Flyers were still able to come back to them. What's yeah. even more scarier is that I think at this point because they've been doing this so well in the playoffs without Stamkos, Stamkos might now be the number two center. Point might be their number one. And I wouldn't be shocked. That's, our, without a doubt, the best second-line center in the league. Yeah. Right there with Drysaddle. Yep. <laughs> right, it, or Malkin. But that's yeah. a scary thought. That's it. Because Mitch and I were talking about this last night, mm-hmm. just the lightning in general. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get your thought on this as well, at least with Steve Bowersman, a little bit with, I know Bruce Boyce, who's a finalist, both coaches in the series, GMs in the series are finalists for the GM of the year. And uh, what's his face in uh, Detroit and Dallas, whatever his name is. Um, Jim Nell, I think. Yes. But um, I know you weren't a big fan of that Coleman trade, but he has actually done really well for the, Lightning so far in the playoffs. Yeah, no. So, so again, and, and he's going out and proving I'd say on why more Bruce so than Berkeley Goudreau. Berkeley Goudreau, I feel like I've at he, times he he's gone unnoticed. Um, yeah, he, he certainly has gone on unnoticed. He, um, the Lightning have been very chippy into this year. Series. I've got it. I have. We were talking about this. That's got to be one of the best run teams in North American professional oh, yeah. sports. Oh yeah. Because what Steve Yarzman did essentially was 
take what he was, what the Red Wings were doing in his time, we're rushing five and then getting Zenerberg and uh, Tatsuk and Lindros, or Lindstrom, sorry, not Lindros. Um, they went European yes. for their players. And, and he found these gems everywhere. Fucking point was a third round pick outside of what? I think Hedman and Stamkos, those were like the only top picks they really had. Other than Technically, a, uh, uh, or when you say top pick, do you mean like literally top five pick? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that, that's true. Everyone well, else. They if, had Drew in who they drafted to. Uh, I forget what year, but they drafted him third overall, but they traded him for sure. Uh, that's another trade Montreal's got to be kicking themselves over because Drew hasn't really panned out that well. And Sergeyev. Um, I, I don't know about that. I remember looking at his stats more recently. He's not. He hasn't been terrible. That is for Druin. He hasn't been great. He's been terrible. So for Montreal, all right. So in twenty, he only played twenty-seven games this year, which really hurt. He had fifteen he points. That's his, that's but other than that, his first year with Montreal is two thousand seventeen eighteen. He had forty-six points, seventy-seven games, and then last year fifty-three points, eighty-one games, and fifty-three points was the same. Was the highest amount of points that Druins uh, had ever gotten in the season with the Bolts, which was his third year. So, yeah, it does hurt losing a great player like Mikhail Sergeyev, who had a phenomenal goal last night uh, against the two, Islanders. Two goals. But, but, also, what's even scarier yeah. is that Johnny Gord went undrafted. A lot of their yeah. guys, it's they were just... Tyler Johnson went undrafted. Yes, he did. It's it, it's weird how you can find these gems just somewhere, just randomly. Yeah. Well, um, there's actually a great Anthony article Cirelli about Tyler Johnson. A third round um, pick. Sorelli was he? Oh, no. I thought he was a first, but he no, could he could have been a third. Third round, seventy second oh. overall in twenty fifteen. Oh, there you go. Number another member of that twenty Pocket fourth round. Pocket has been good. Again, that's it, amazing, and now they're now some of their stars are actually from Canada or Canadian descent, but their top tier players are still European, European, Russian, all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Kucherov, Sergachev, Sergachev, yeah, Hedman. They're able to get Shattenkirk to kind of play like Shattenkirk esque. Oh, he, he has played Shattenkirk esque. Mm-hmm. He 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 really has been great. Um, and that's a, that's exactly what Tampa the, Bay. why I can see why he thought since Yasmin went back to Detroit that he can potentially do the same thing with Detroit. And I know and it's will. still a little ways. It's still a little ways to go for that. So Steve Eisman, this is what his second or third year with Detroit already. Second, I think. Second, okay, that's great for me because I said the moment they hired him, I said within five years. Detroit's currently a playoff team. Two years down, three years left. I believe he, he within hired, year right five, he will be they, he'll make the Detroit Red Wings a playoff team. I've said then, I'm saying it now still. So he was hired April nineteenth, twenty nineteen. He's okay. been there for one year, four months, and twenty four days. Wow. So he's got so technically to... so technically he hasn't even been there two years. No, not yet. 
So, te- so technically, he's got four years left on my little prediction. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. Yeah, I know. That, it's That's even better. I know. But again, and at least now the Lightning are starting to look like on paper well, Lightning. Yeah. It's not just, oh, this is them on paper. It's, right. oh, this is how they are now. Um, this so, is actually how they should have been playing the whole time. But you know, no, that, that I it. agree with. It's and, and this is what the Flyers, I'm not saying the Flyers would have exactly looks like Tampa Bay, but you would have seen something similar in the Flyers on their series where if they played anything like Tampa Bay or just, you know, where themselves, meaning, with themselves, meaning their top guys actually shut up, the Flyers could have easily won this in five, if not six. Exactly. But no one showed up. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, real quickly, let's go more news around the league. Uh, yes. Plenty to go around with the Minnesota Wild. They trade for Nick Bukestead uh, from, uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins to the Minnesota Wild for mm-hmm. a conditional seventh-round pick. This is how desperate Pittsburgh is, was to get rid of Bukestad's salary. So, they are retaining 50% of his salary. Mm-hmm. Not only that, like I said, it's a conditional, conditional seventh-round pick. And for that pick, if Bukestad – this is my favorite. If Bukestad does not – Bukestad has to score 35 or more points and oh, – sorry, not and uh, – or he has to play in 70 games, then the seventh-round pick transfers over if he does not play 30 or 70 games or scores 35 points or more big side goes to minnesota for nothing for absolutely free other than just now, a cap dump it, and it's not even that bad it's two for one more year 2.05 mil well that's with them eating the contract that is or so it is and i think that's his i think that's his whole contract oh really i'm pretty sure he's i could be wrong but um yeah they retained two million from it so i'm assuming it's four million that he actually had yes you're correct yeah yes he signed the contract he signed was in 2015-16 or whatever that's right okay um, was 4.1 mil per year yeah and for the trade itself it makes sense if you go back because the last couple of years he's been hurt. Like this year, he only played 13 games. He put up two points. Right. Yeah. Last and, year, and again, and yeah. It, it's not like it's surprise, but you know, he didn't even play for the Penguins in this playoffs. He still was hurt. No, no, he, so, he didn't do anything. Um, so I get, I get that point in getting rid of that cap dump because a lot of teams, which we're going to get to in a second, are going to this offseason, if this is any trade indication of teams jumping cap there's not going to be a great return in return of getting rid of this big con- bigger contract and these times Wait, that we're so. living in this is i think actually considered a bigger contract for me but at least for my sake it's i know it was only four million and four million's kind of average i would argue maybe um, it, it, it definitely is um uh, it's not my it's not the not the worst kind of contract you could get but for one oh, year, on. also Minnesota is. Uh, there's another dude coming over too. He wasn't able to play for them um, during. Kirill the, uh, Kaprizov. Yeah, this turned the 
play the playoffs, but mm-hmm. Kaprizov, who was, I think, the best. He's their best prospect. Yes, and was, I think, the best player in uh, the KHL last year. Yeah. Uh, he That's put up exactly right. 62 points last year. He's 33, a kid. Yeah, 33 He's goals, 29 assists in the second best hockey league in the world. He's a kid, and he did that. Yeah. That's he is scary. 23. Yeah. Uh, but for. And then you um, add Nick Bukestad in there. I know it's only for a year, but, but they hey, ate up I'll half put it the this way. Bukestad, he's also a better the, player than he used have a, to be. Actually have a good amount of cash base, uh, 13 do. mil. And I know we're not talking about the Minnesota Wild today, but uh, they were part of this trade. So there was going to be a little um, talk in there on them. Um, I think they were probably, again, we've talked about this multiple times with the Penguins. And that usually it's the opposite that they try to get someone like a Bukestad or something like yeah. that just because they want to keep that window of this is our time. Let's get another one while we still have Crosby and Malkin in their prime. But now that cap's becoming an issue and everything, especially since both Jari and Murray are up, that's where a lot of this contract that was just eaten is going to have to go. Yeah. So I will say this though: when the Flyers or Flyers, wow, when the Penguins first got um, Nick Bukestad, I I mean they they pretty much did the same thing last year with uh, what's his face from Arizona, and then they traded him to Minnesota too. (laughs) Galchenyuk, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, what basically happened was they gave up you know quite a bit to get Nick Bukestad, and I thought, okay, this is a good trade, and. To, to get Bukestad, who I thought was, you know, and I think yeah, he still is a pretty solid the player. Original, the original trade for Bukestad yeah. to Pittsburgh was uh, Derek Broussard, Riley Shahan, a, tw- a 2019 second-round pick, which ended up being, uh, I don't know how to say that, uh, some Russian dude, Vlad- uh, Vladislav something. Um, a 2019 fourth-round pick, uh, Dmitry Vernikov, and twenty nineteen or two 2019 fourth-round picks. Um, Eric Hydroth was the other one. And in exchange, the Penguins got Nick Bukestad and Jared McCann. Plus, yeah. sa- some cal- salary was also um, retained. Retained, I think. Yeah. So, again, it, at first, it was, you know, it was, you know, you could say it was a little steep. It was, you know, a, but you've got to give a little to get a little. And that's how it works in this league. But especially for a good depth player like Beeks, that I think he still has something left in our tank. It's just a weather it didn't show in Pittsburgh. Stay, if he I'm, can stay I'm, healthy. That's right. I'm thinking that like Galchenyuk, Beeks just never fit their culture in Pittsburgh. And they're going to do just fine in Minnesota. That's Maybe. what I think. Um, I, mean, I could played- be wrong. He only played 45 games for the Penguins, so he didn't really have that much of a test. Right. He only put no, up 16 points in his in yeah. that time. So. No, I know. But I'm, to my point, though, is is that um, – Oh, you know, I know the, what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So, um, so Bukestad, he's actually going to wear number 27, according to the Minnesota Wild PR. Um, more news about the Wild. Bill Guerin, their GM, says Ryan Cedar's foot is getting better. It could nag on for a while, but medically things are on the right path, which is good for them. And for Cedar, uh, that's from Michael Russo. So there is that. Um, Do you think – what is your yeah. thinking? Because this is going to be such an, int- an interesting offseason. I just want to think, just before we even like get into it, what your 
kind of thought or expectation could be for what we could see because all that was announced too when free agency is going to hit when the draft is we'll get to that in a second but i just want to get your thoughts on all that first just because it's going to be such a weird year i just want to right so or and when you're saying this you're saying like thoughts on contracts or just what in general contracts trades whatever you can see because um I think if anything for contracts, I don't know why. I feel like a lot of people have the same idea where if there's any big free agents out there, like the Holpies, like there's the Petrangelos, like it's a pretty good Taylor Hall tending gold contender free uh market this offseason. Yeah. yeah, and I wouldn't be shocked if you saw a lot of one, maybe two year deals at most for these top end towns because it's such a bizarre mm-hmm. year. If it's any other regular year, you would see the usual five to seven-year contracts getting tossed out like candy. But it's not. I think it's going to be two years maximum for some of these potential – or for these star players, these potential UFAs. And I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Hall takes a one- to two-year deal, specifically a one-year deal to – He's already said he would be willing to. Exactly. There you go. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Petrangelo did a one-year deal with someone where there was still to remain with the Blues just to see how things go and kind of go from there. So I can guarantee you this, Jeff. Yeah. To the people listening, Jeff and I will be there. We'll be talking about it all. Oh, yeah. And it all unfolds. Yes. Yeah, that right. was. I, well, don't worry, Mike. I got it right here for all you. Right. So, I figured you would. So the NHL draft round one, 7 p.m. on October 6th. That is a drum roll, please. Uh, Hold on, I went too far. Uh, That's a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, and then rounds two through seven begins 11:30 a.m. That is the very next day. Free agency. Yes, free agency will be uh, October 9th, 12 p.m. on that's a Friday. And, and for the record, the today is the 12th, agency. so less than a month away. One month from now is free agency day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're finally, it's about that time, so. Yeah. Hey, I'll put it this way. I'm just happy that I get to watch round one of the draft. And that's the only round that really matters. Kind of. Yeah, true. I've, I watched previous uh, rounds of the draft, more specifically only rounds like two and three uh, of the draft the previous years. Oh, this one, not so much. <laughs> Again, I, I keep telling you this, and it's maybe even Mitch, too. He's having this kind of same feeling, too, cause, just because the Flyers, for the Flyers' sake, at least, they're drafting 23rd. They already have a bunch of young guys, I have no idea when this dude's going to come up. Whoever they get. Whoever it is, I have no idea. I, I don't know. And when they will get just here, one of no those, idea. Yeah, it, yeah. just because it's already kind of... I'll, I'll, put, you, I'll, put, I'll put it this way. If it, I think the Flyers... I could be wrong, but... I think if the Flyers screws anyone, it's going to be a defenseman this year. Because, again, they have a couple of good forwards still that are developing everything, but they don't have that many prospects that are defensemen anymore. They have White Wiley, they have Cam York, um, they have um, Mark Freeman, you could argue someone still prospect in a way. Linus uh, Hogberg. Linus Hogberg. You know, they have some prospects, Igor. but not 
Igor Zamula, thank you, David. And a, a couple of guys here and there, like, yeah, you can consider them they're good prospects for the defenseman, but they still don't have enough for the future, like the real, real future when, you know, Provorov gets older and Sanheim gets older and, you know, um, Niskin and Braun are gone and, you know, and Higgs gone kind of thing, you know, and kind of go from there. Um, So we'll see what happens with the first round and what the Flyers do. Um, If anything, and this might be a a bit of a far-fetched idea, you know, maybe – trade that first round pick for something maybe up you know like an actual piece in uh, on your team who knows you could um so we'll see um yeah so but the free agency again uh october 9th 12 p.m is when that will happen i will say this though i think you will see because there's a lot mm-hmm. going out there now and this is something I kind of want to talk about anyways because Mitch and I were talking about this the other day. And on TSN, Frank's Rivelli earlier in the week. I want to get the date right. On the 10th, so mm. on Thursday, he wrote this article and how in these times of COVID, essentially, there's a lot of teams that are having some financial issues and had to reduce some pay uh, According to Frank Cervelli, at least 17 NHL teams had to reduce pay amid the COVID-19 crush. Um, some of the teams, I think, you're not going to be too too surprised about. Others, but will there's be. some, yeah, like taking, for instance, say the Chicago Blackhawks, who uh, had a 20. 20- 20% uh, reduction for salaries above $200,000, a 15% reduction for 100000 to 200000 With a You have of, most uh, of the, I'll put it this way, with all these teams, most of them are anywhere from 20 to 25%. The only one that was probably the most was Ottawa. They had 50% reduction for mm-hmm. all staff. Coaching staff reinstated with full pay retroactive July 13th. Also, uh, they had to go to the league. According to Frank Cervelli in this article, they had to go to the league itself to try to get that money to be able to uh, get that. So here are the teams. Anaheim, Boston, Buffalo, Calgary, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, L.A., Minnesota, Montreal, Nashville, Ottawa, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Yeah. Some of those teams are surprised on there. If like Montreal, I'm not sure if people do realize this. Do don't live in Canada? They have a lot of money because I think they're owned by one of the biggest beer distributors or whoever in Canada. So they've got a good a lot of money. But there's a, even the Kings. I feel like that's kind of a surprise too. But that was just a twenty percent for all for all their staff for mm-hmm. through September 2020. So. Um, yeah. Um, some, of these, least, some of these aren't that surprising because realistically, Ottawa is not guys, surprising. Columbus at all. isn't really. Yeah, because here's an interesting one. Because so, again, they requested each, coaches forego playoff bonuses for 2019-20 in order to avoid salary yeah. reductions. Each team has specific, um, not requests, but specific. Um, 
details about this that are very interesting. So, for example, there's that one. There's for Dallas, full salaries reinstated on July 13th following a 30% reduction June and a 20% reduction prior to June. There is Edmonton, top three coaches defer 25% for the year, 25% reduction for salaries of 150000 or more, 15% reduction for salaries of yeah. one hundred to 150000 and 10% reduction for salaries under 100000 And then a very interesting one, um, Nashville um, requested staff forgo salary increases until fans return to the arena for games as opposed to a salary reduction. So again, there's very unique situations with all these 17 teams. The reason why we kind of bring this up and kind of related to free agency is that there's some teams that aren't going to pay towards the cap. And this little uh, paragraph that I'm going to just a little thing that uh, Frank, Frank Cervelli wrote. Um, I'm just going to say that here. Uh, uh, and it's like near the, near where the, where he lists these teams, but it says sources say that Sabres are considering an internal salary cap in the low $70 million range. $70 million range. These are Arizona Coyotes who recently failed to make on time signing bonuses. That's another thing. We all, uh, payments to a pl- number of players. That's another issue they had to, uh, maybe operating south of $70 million under their next GM. The Pittsburgh Penguins are reportedly planning to budget in the low to mid $70 million range on an $81.5 million limit. So there's going to be teams. I'm sure there's more than th- just those teams that he rattled off there that are going to be similar in that sense in that they're going to have to – they're going to re- want to reduce just because the money situation is a little tight. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was going to eventually. It was probably going to happen eventually, but it is slowly affecting professional sports. This mm-hmm. outbreak and everything. So, also, it's I don't know where this was, but when I was talking to Mitch the other day, apparently, also um, there might be a couple, and it's not just an NHL too. I think uh, there might be some owners uh, selling their. Uh, selling their teams so mm. there's a lot of uncertainty right there so that's why yeah. this that's why this offseason is going to be very interesting in what they do um and another thing i saw too which is uh going back to free agency one of the key f- big free agents that are out there is that it sounds like petrangelo and the blues are a little far away from actually getting a deal done and it sounds similar to the Tavares or even if you want to go to the Panarin and that one last year and that if he is not signed by uh, the free agency, mm-hmm. he is hitting the market. Yeah. And if I'm a team, I know it's going to be hard, but a team like Toronto, they're not going to offer him a lot, but maybe <laughs> just because in these times he wants to be close to home. That's why teams like Toronto, mm-hmm. Montreal, these teams are going to benefit the most. They will, especially, especially Montreal. Montreal they, yes. they have a lot. Like you mentioned, Mike, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of picks. So not only could they do draft or uh, trades, which they already did, that questionable one of getting Jake Allen and that that taking on four point one, yeah, the, whatever four million that he's earning and a backup, which is way too much to be paying for a backup. It's yeah, um, again. It's and I get, I get, the reason, I get it. I get the reason for, for it. Backup. I honestly get the reason for it. But you could have easily, possibly gotten a better backup 
just in the market, but I guess they didn't want to deal with the whole um, goaltending market because there's oh, well, a number of good goaltenders. Leonard's probably off the market now. He hasn't signed yet, but it does it's sound been like reported that he's a five-year deal with Vegas in place. Yeah. So we'll wait and see on that. So we'll see what happens. So he might be off the off the market, but there's still yeah. Holpe. There's still Murray. Um, possibly Jari. Possibly Jari, but it's probably more so Murray than Jari because it sounds like he's been brought up more in trades than Jari has. Yeah. So it sounds like they're uh, more one possible trade rumor was to Toronto and mm. another. Kudobin's another one. He's not playing yeah. right now, but Kudobin, Thomas Grice, if you're looking for a backup, he's older, but he. Could still play quality minutes here and there. Yeah. Uh, Craig Something Anderson, is. if he actually wants to get out, or if he, if he retires, whatever. Same with um, Jimmy Howard. Yeah. Brian so, Elliott's we'll another one, but time. I have a feeling he's just going to resign back to Philadelphia. I think so, yeah. There's no, besides, there's no reason for him not to. Honestly. No, besides Chuck Fletcher kind of made it known that mm-hmm. he, and he even said, quote, I don't expect us to be a major party or major player in free agency. For the next couple of years, do expect to be working the fence on trades and be aggressive retaining our existing players. So it sounds like Chuck Fletcher is happy with the team he has. Obviously, there's a couple bumps here and there, but for the Flyers' sake, they're going to get Oscar Lindblom back, and he's going to take the rest of the time off until the season starts in most likely December. He's going to be healthy, he's going to be stronger, and he's going to be better. He's going to be a force. Nolan Patrick we're hopeful on um but again there's a lot there's you know a couple tiny holes really it's just depth at this point for the philadelphia flyers i expect what do. Um, i yeah, and no, also I expect if some uh this some is depth moves one or two players so really tyler pitlick i expect to be uh to be uh resigned nate thompson and justin braun get the axe Derek grant i don't think and Derek grant most likely just because down the road um, he didn't Produced it all, and he, gra- he, he got scratched in, the, in Game Seven, so I don't see him. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, and this is what I was about to bring up to TSN uh, trade bait board, at least of yeah. since of September first, does mention two flyers on there of James Van Riemsdyk yeah. and Shane Gostisbehere, which I think goes shouldn't be that much of a surprise since he played not at all in yeah. the playoffs. And he but talked about here's where it gets interesting though. JPR is second on that list. Goes to sixth. Matt Murray's first. Yeah. Um, he is going to cost you a lot, but at Oliver Ekman Larson. I know he hasn't really yeah. produced much. Patrick Line. So he, we'll, we'll Line go over. Is. We'll go over the list. So twenty is uh, Doug Hamilton. Nineteen Frederick Anderson. Eighteen Rasmus Ristolainen. Seventeen Andreas Janssen. Sixteen Jeremy Can. Fifteen Adam Larson. Fourteen Alex Kalorn is a very interesting name out there. One, it, it he would be a little expensive because, again, salary wise, he's making four point four five per year, three You're more years see left. That, yeah, that's what you see a lot in this um, in this Vince, list is guys yeah. with bigger contracts. Yeah, Vince Dunn is an RFA. Uh, Nikolai Eller is twelve. Ryan Jusinko eleven. Latang ten. Flurry nine. Max Domi eight. Paul Mary seven. Ghost six. Patrick Line five. Ekman Larson four. Josh Anderson is third on that list, which is very bizarre, uh, in my opinion. Two JVR, one Matt Murray is to no surprise there. So there's I, a good amount of uh, another thing too. If the, you're a yeah. Penguins fan, you've got a there's lot a of lot of names on there. Pittsburgh. 
which yeah, makes you question three, what there's at least three penguins on there it makes you kind of question of what are they doing are they who knows starting a rebuild i would because if, if, if you, i were them right if now you they do need, lose, they, if you are losing chris letang or willing to trade him away your defense significantly drops not that Latang is that great. He's okay. He's okay to good now. He's, he's not what he's he used solid. to be. He's solid. No, nowhere near what he used but to be. But for the Penguins' defensive D, that's not that's, that great no to begin with. No matter what, that's going to hurt. Yeah. I will say this, though, about the Penguins. Jim Rutherford needs to decide for next year and for the many years to come what his team will be. Are they going to be doing what they're doing every year and just going all in? You know, getting while they still have rid of Crosby picks? and Malkin in their prime. Exactly. Well, while having Crosby and Malkin still getting rid of picks for top, you know, top tier players, top six, top nine players, defensemen or anything like that. Or because again, they don't have a first round pick this year. Also, or if next that article, if that Frank Cervelli article is correct and that they're willing to shed salary, this trade bait board pretty much says a lot to that. Possibly Again, being true because Mari's already making three point seven five million, and he's an RFA. And then going to look tank, he's making seven point two five mil for the next two years. And then McCann, it's only one point two five, but one whatever. last year in RFA. But yeah, and obviously yes. the trade they just made for the four million. Yeah, you yes, ate up half of it. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, I gotcha. But but also the one we were plus... talking about earlier in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, I thought you were talking about yeah. Yeah, then for a second, but, but um, that's why yeah. I find this this list really interesting because just look at you could probably average the salary out here this these cap hits out here and just it's still a good amount. Like the it's, lowest it's amount I'm seeing is Vince the, Dunn at seven hundred twenty three thousand. The least he's twenty three. Yeah, for the least amount, yeah, yeah. The most is Oliver Ekman Larson, 8.25 mil. Yeah. And he has seven years left. Yeah, that's the problem. He's only 29. Mm-hmm. And it's just because I think he, a lot of people are expecting a lot more from him. And I think he, they just don't think he's been producing much. And Patrick well, Line, he he's been on, he's no kind of been on the blue line. Yeah. And Patrick Line has been on this list for a while, too. He has been. Luckily, he has got one year left. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind him. If you just trade, it's a little less, but what if you just traded JVR for Patrick Line? I'll take it. I take it, but I know his thing is that he's really only good at scoring goals. But that's what the Flyers need. Everywhere else, he's not good at. I don't care. That's what the Flyers need. They need a sniper. Line would fix that. But Mitch and I were talking about this yesterday, too. Who in the league right now is really a pure sniper still? You've got Ovechkin, obviously. Of course. Line A. Yeah. I think you're going to argue Tarasenko. You um, can, but he's... Austin, Math- he- Austin Matthews to start his career. He's definitely progressed his game to more playmaking. Yep. A lot of guys, they're so good that even though they're not snipers, they still put up a good amount of points. Mm-hmm. Kucherov. The, a lot of the lightning. Goals, a lot of the lightning <laughs> players in there. And yeah, uh, Maple Leafs. <laughs> but no, that is a good question. Um, I not, there's not many a great, of them. Yeah, there's not a great no. many of them. That's a, I think it's still a good That's key tough. to have, especially the Flyers, and especially 
if the not saying this is going to happen, especially since Chuck Fletcher's comments make it seem like they're not going to get anyone big or anything. Yeah. Your power play sucked. He'd yeah. boost you. You just one timer. If you put right. him and Drew both on your power play, you can then game over. Yeah. I'm just saying, it, there's a benefit. Yeah. There's there, all these players, a good amount of these players at least. There's benefits to these guys being on here. And oh, he's got no, a great sure. line. Has got a great shot. I know oh, JBR. He's got a hell of a shot. Seven million for three years. It's going to be hard to take off, and he can put up goals here and there, sure. But his goals mostly come from being in front of the net and just kind of. Also, put it this way. If, let's say, if they make this trade, hypothetically and everything. Everyone's already on JVR anyways, for some reason. Oh, no, all Flyers fans turned on JVR after they hated no, that they traded him away and loved that they brought him back, and now they hate him yeah. again. That, yeah. It's Flyers fans, so it's... Yeah. Anyway, so my point is, even if they make a trade like this, you got to worry about, about Seattle. You got to, because you got you to protect these guys. It's true. Um, he's only he would only be here. Uh, he's not. No, yeah, he'd be an RFA, but uh, he would have one year left. Yeah, but just be still, for this year. Yeah, that's true. But and then kind of go from there. But yeah, again, regardless though, you would have to worry about Seattle because, or you just if you're worried about, I know the fires because Comcast money, you really don't have to worry about money. But if that was an issue, you could just tell me some of the contract. Just so it doesn't seem as much, but they would also do the same thing for JVR too. Yeah. Especially since he'd be longer. So yeah, that's true. And same um, with going same back with Flurry. To... Flurry could also be a goalie that could be on the move too. It wouldn't trade be sure. wise, trade wise, but again, that's why I the goalie like, market no, well, this offseason well, could be really he, interesting. He would have to be because how else is Vegas going to pay Leonard five years? That's a good question. Unless they literally pay him like. One million dollars per year. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to Chuck again. Fletcher, though, and the Flyers. Yeah, we can kind of. Is, that's we went a long, little long on the yeah. league wide stuff. We can so kind of transition over a bit to our season review for the Flyers. So based off of Chuck Fletcher's uh, comments, according to Taryn Hatchin from NBC Sports Philly, this is what she believes the Flyers' big seeds are. And, no, I agree with her. Bottom six players that can improve production. He uh, he is in Chuck Fletcher's spinning the return of Patrick and Lundblom will help balance depth throughout the lines as well and defensive depth. And that's all you need. That is really all you need to help this team. Because, again, he knows what he has here. Well, he's probably, almost yeah. – he, he's basically – Content with what we have, it's just it's we need a I little mean, bit more. How can you not look at the team? No, I agree. Um, um, I will also say this too. It took a little while for me to get this way, even though in the series when you're complaining every five seconds because the Flyers play and bitching on the Islanders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
there's still a lot of bright spots in this Flyers team. Oh, my they God, just, yeah. Absolutely. And, I, again, I've said this many times during these playoffs. I'm not taking anything out of it. I'm not surprised that a team like the Stars or the Islanders are in it. I'm a little surprised that they made it this far. But it's like the start of the season again. Yeah. They're not taking anything out of it because the good teams tend to struggle at the beginning of the year. And apparently this as well – um, apparently the Capitals thought of this as a vacation and didn't really care about being in the bubble. That's yeah. why you saw the performance they put out. And because of that, maybe they go for Babcock just because he's not going to like that kind of uh, behavior because it sounds like it's between Gallant, uh, uh, Laviolette, and uh, Babcock for the yeah. coaching job there in Washington. I don't think yeah, anything's been finalized there. Good but, coaches. Yep. All three would be good coaches for them. They would be. I um, just don't know. But that could, that really the shows you how give someone like that Mike is Babcock true, a chance that, again. Yeah. That would be really telling if that's actually true, that they didn't care about being in the bubble, that and that they were just content winning that cup in 2018, how terrible of a coach uh, Kevin is. Weird it is. Yeah. yeah. Was. Yeah, sure. He's now an assistant in Pittsburgh, which still makes me laugh. Yes, it does. But anyways, um, back to the Flyers in our season yeah. review. Um, we'll look at the highlights, lowlights, everything right. in between. So looking at their season, they're 41-21-7, 89 points, second in the Metro, only a point behind the Capitals. If we had an entire season in the NHL, the Flyers no doubt would have been on top of the Metro, mm-hmm. no doubt. They played like they really wanted it, and they were doing everything they could. That's true. And also this, based on the year prior, 2018-19, and really the question we're going to answer at the end of this, which I think both of us had the same answer to, is was this Flyer season a successful season? If you're talking yes. in the sense of based off last year to this year, can you rattle off the Flyers uh, standings from this year again. I got last this year's. year. Uh, 41, 20, and 8 for, or sorry, 41, 21, and 7 for 89 points in 69 games. That was also, that was also a shortened season, mind you, because uh, of, of the pause. But in 82 games, uh, the Flyers were 37, 37, and 8 in, uh, with 82 points last year in 18, 19. So in that sense, and the Flyers made it to the playoffs, in that sense, you could argue that was success, but for the Flyers and many Flyers fans, they're basing success on actually being in the playoffs and how they do in the playoffs. So a lot of people, I think, were a little turned off because the Flyers were never able to get that spark back going again that they had yeah. uh, down the stretch yeah. before play was halted. But no one was going to be able to go back to what they were. The Blues didn't. The Bruins didn't. The Apples um, didn't. The Penguins were exactly how they were when they left off play because yeah. they were terrible at the end. Yeah. But again, it's yeah. these things just kind of happen. But you know. Yeah. But so and that's what also the other thing too is. Year. The other thing too is. Uh, they still didn't play their best lineup. I know that's a no. kind of a cop out for this season, just because you know Oscar had his 
the cancer, has had his cancer treatment and everything, uh, which he was able to be in. He played two games. He played two games, did not win. But um, a little salty about that one. Um, yeah. Good for Bobby Ryan, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, but Oscar did come back, which is a surprise. Hopefully that can be Nolan Patrick next year, but they were without two of the better players, and Oscar was absolutely going to be on a career year this year. Yeah. Um, if he would have kept playing, and also if Oscar was, you know, I don't think it was a hundred percent when he was playing. Obviously, cause no, he, 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 he only was, and you can tell. He only had and a month. Right. He only had a month to really prepare. Yeah. So um, I'm not. I'm not even, giving him any. He didn't look crap or anything. Like he didn't look. That. Bad. He, the guy just beat cancer. He didn't look bad at all. I'm just saying. No, he, he looked solid. He looked. And, yeah. But I did feel bad because you could tell at times, especially during that double overtime game, he just looked exhausted. Like yeah, I think that's why you saw him. I think that's why you saw him move down to the fourth line. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Just yeah. to get you know get him back out there on mm-hmm. the ice. So. And now he's got a couple months to three train, months or however heal, long the next season starts. Up, yeah, get his strength back, which he will. Also, really, for I know this is another cop, another cop out, but our Selkie winner and Sean Couturier, which we haven't mentioned yet, um, he rightfully so won it. Um. And for other guys too, it was so. I'm sure it was hard, especially on Coots, to just leave his yes. freshly newborn. Literally had this. He still had the hot, the hospital bracelet hospital on his yeah. uh, wrist, wrist still yeah. when he left for the bubble. As a reminder, but still, it was. That's a lot of. A lot to go through to be able to. It really is. Because obviously, family comes first and everything. So it's great yeah. that he was he still came up to the bubble and played as well as it did. But, you know. Speaking about the Selkie, though, do you know how... <laughs> Three. Do you Three know flyers. how... how um, it wasn't even close. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't even close. close. It was his... Yeah, he was going to win it. So here, here were the points in the voting. So points-wise, I'll do the top three because of the finals, of course. O'Reilly came in Third with uh, 816 points, Bergeron 884 points, Chunk Dre 1,424 points. Here were the first place of votings: 11 first place for O'Reilly, 21 for Bergeron, 117 for Couturier. Yeah, know who didn't put him there, Pierre? Shocker. Yeah. Yo, by the way, here's something to keep in mind. Anthony Sorelli came in fourth in voting. Yeah, he's up and coming. Just saying. Yeah. He's a feature selected winner. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I think even Charlie was saying he actually had him in his finalist. I, think he I wouldn't be there. surprised. Because, again, like, he, he did a lot for Tampa Bay. He did. He's a young kid, and he's doing a lot. And honestly, you could make the argument, and it's because Couturier's game completely changed a couple of years ago, becoming a lot more offensive because they were actually using him more in the offensive zone rather than defensively. But if the reward really was for defensive, best defensive forward, he should have won it a couple times. But because it should be renamed to best two-way forward, because also they want the points in there, because um, the points matter for a defensive forward. Um, now he's actually going to get more recognition, which he should. Right. Which a lot, that's another good, really good bright spot to this Flyers team. 
and that the young guys got their voices out there. Not just yes. to fans, but to the league itself. People who didn't know Carter Hart know Carter Hart now. People who didn't know, obviously Oscar, because answer, but people who didn't know Proveroff as much. He didn't play great. He didn't play no, great. He, he had his moments. He had his moments. Yeah. Um, and still, it would, see it would the, have been nice to see TK have some moments, but he just yeah, flat. he just never was. He just he, never was here, able to go. Was what, the problem was a little worrisome. Oh, so <clears throat> excuse me. Chuck Fletcher announced uh, had, had some injuries. The only injuries that were notable was Raffle had the had, uh, high ankle sprain from the round robin. I was right, and Albie Cuvel just had a bad bruise on his knee. Some, so he said some guys played through minor things, but that was all he revealed, according to Charlie O'Connor. No surgery scheduled yet, though the postseason physical process is a little different this year. So that's a little worrisome for TK and Drew because they weren't that injured or, or just had nothing Drew to turned it, I will say this. Drew turned it around Drew, later. Drew in the, turned it around later, later in the yeah. series. Yeah, he did. Um, Unfortunately, too at too late, times, but, he was yeah. playing his connecting self. He was just snake bitten. That I agree with. And because but, he was so snake bitten, realistically, you could argue maybe he did score, but they gave it to Pro Rob instead. Yeah. Um, maybe just because of that thing of not scoring for a while, you're holding your stick too long. He made you're gripping his. The, but the Flyers coaching staff, as much experience as they have, should have gone to TK because he made a lot of moments, a lot even in the season, of passing one too many times. If he's on an honor. Yes. He made a pass. Uh, Travis Konechny's should be your not that he's a sniper, but he should essentially be your sniper. He shouldn't be. Yeah. You shouldn't tell him to pass it. His goal all the time should be aim for the net. Look what he did all season long. Exactly. Look at his stats. He had twenty-four goals, thirty-seven points, which sixty-one points, the most for the Flyers. Pushing at the forty, Jeff uh, predicted. So that didn't come true. Well, you know what? That shortened season ruined it. We did keep count. Every time he scored, we did keep the tally going. He So this is how consistent he is. He scored 24 goals, including this year, the last two. So three of his now four years, he scored 24 goals. His first one, he scored 11. So his, his point total has gone up every oh, year. Yeah. 11, it's, uh, it's still going to, 20, and realistically, I rookie year, which is good. I um, wanted I forty seven points him. second year, forty nine last year, sixty one this year. Mm-hmm. He's a really good player, and oh, I'm just great. saying, he's I, and even in that season, he still had those moments. Not as much in the playoffs, but he definitely had those moments where if he was on a, um, uh, an arm in a rush or something wow. or anything like that, he maybe passed it a little too long or shot it wide. So, I'm looking at the Flyers stats, ready for this? JVR had a very quiet 40-point year. Yes, he did. He had 40 points, no one even noticed. He had 19 goals. Yeah, yeah it's not people, the 32 he put up in Toronto, who cares? If or he the 27 he put in his first year, or right. first he, season back. But right. again... If you push JVR, goals like every year, many goal fine. scorers are as very streaky. Also, last year yeah. and this year, he was hurt at yeah. times. So, for him, for some reason, whenever he gets hurt and comes back, it's he only for a missed while. three games apparently. I was talking more so last year, but um, oh, right, but 
Um, and at this year, he could have easily, if the season would have continued, he could have gotten mid twenties, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But again, he's uh, no, he wouldn't know if he was hurt. He got hurt at the end of the year, remember? Yeah. Uh, which would have sidelined him for the rest of the year, I believe, or at least close to it. Um, but JVR, whenever he gets hot, he gets hot. He'll just, if he scores one, he's going to score like three games in a row. Yeah. That he did that in the playoffs. <laughs> but when he's cold or not doing anything, you just don't really notice him. Yeah. That's the issue with JVR, and he's not great defensively, and because Flyers fans are Flyers fans, they will crap on him, crap on him yeah. for that. <laughs> Team, it's really funny really quickly. NHL Network tweeted out a video about Couturier after he won the Selkie. He says, most underappreciated player in the NHL? Question mark. Not anymore. No, I, I think he is still. It's less so now, but yeah. It, once you win the reward, you're no longer really that. Yeah. I mean, at least for the writer's sense, because the writers vote on the Selkie. So the writers, right. at least, are now acknowledging Couturier. Whether yeah. it's seen throughout the league, which it already is, um, but we'll see. Also, this too, for Connecty's sake, uh, I hope he sticks with Kevin Hayes. Him and Kevin Hayes are phenomenal together. They they just feed off of each other. It's crazy. And I think this wouldn't be much of a surprise either if we're looking towards next season. I wouldn't be surprised if you see uh, Frost as a center. I really hope Morgan Frost is up next year with the Flyers. When mm-hmm. he was here with the Philadelphia Flyers for a few games, he was real solid. Both he and Faraby both have to build up their strength. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Faraby has to gain more muscle for sure. Frost, he does as well. He, um, Hopefully, he, yeah, it's – Frost has got to be careful along the boards if he can. Uh, he's not great along the boards yet. Well, that's wait, why that's what I'm saying he's, he's got one thing he is really good at. He kind of does. Skill. He does really well, similar to what Barzell or Point does. He's younger and hasn't really. You haven't seen it much, but he's really good at keeping the puck in the zone. Yeah. Once you're in the zone, it's for both these guys. I feel like they need someone on the line with them to get them going. They're not at that mm. point yet to have a line to uh, kind of hold that line or whatever. Right. So, which I could maybe see is maybe have Limblom or uh, with Faraby or Frost, if Frost is here, mm. just because Limblom is really good at getting the puck into the zone. He's really good yeah. on the board, along the boards. And at that point, you can just give it to Frost and he can do his work. He can do what he does best, which is... Yeah his skills and all that. Um, which I am really excited to see Frost eventually come up. Um, mm-hmm. But again, once Patrick does come up, this whole thing, this whole team, dynamic and everything just changes. Whatever they do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the only question I will have is if you say Braun is gone and a trade mm-hmm. Ghost, unless you're getting a defenseman back at some point, um, you're missing a D. You're you have a D spot up. You I have wouldn't Hague, mind giving yeah, Hague and Freeman. I think at 
I think once camp starts, I think it's going to be Haig, Freeman, and uh, Zamula. Zamula, yeah. I think, that's higher on the uh, chart now just because yeah. he made it. He was on the roster for huh? the playoffs. Um, um, my thing is, all right, I so hope looking at the I, roster. Again, I hope they don't trade Gus. Provorov, Niskanen, Sanheim, Myers, as your top four for now. You have Braun, I hope, is gone. Hague, I wouldn't mind as a defenseman. I hope you have Goss to spare. That's six. You still technically have a seventh spot. Which I wouldn't mind giving to Freeman, Zamola, or I doubt he's ready, but Wyatt Wiley. Not yet. They're not going to do that for him. He's too young. I know. Like I said, I doubt he's ready, but Wyatt Wiley. If if Wiley would be playing, he'd be playing. He wouldn't be the healthy scratch. Well, no, no, I'm saying in general he would make the team. That's why I said I doubt he would be playing, but him. Right. That's my thing. So. Yeah, I will say this maybe because I thought this last year for the Phantoms, even though the Phantom, mm. if the Phantoms do play and the AHL does play, um, the Phantoms didn't do great last year. Um, no, they did awful. Hopefully, because you got a couple. Uh, Couple weapons come to you. You got Linus and Dean. You got Tanner Lazinski, Wade Allison, um, Linus that, Hogberg, I believe. Hogberg, White Wiley, um, Zabola, if he's not on the team. Uh, I think Friedman's the, the extra, no matter what. I don't yeah. think he's going to be on the Phantoms anymore. And then no. you get another year of Ustamek on Sandstrom, see what they got. And That's I think fine that, with me. Get, help them and, develop more. And if I'm lying, yeah. sure, I'd want to come back maybe. But I'd also might want to test the market a little bit just because he's got no chance here anymore. No, he doesn't. Maybe if this is Elliot's last year coming back to the Flyers for a year, maybe it's the backup. But even then, I'd kind of rather Ustameko or Sandstrom at that point if they're ready. Yeah. I think he's I don't think his time here might be it might be done for lying like it was for uh Stoli, for Stolars. No, I think you're right. And it sucks because both he and Stolars had moments of being good. Yeah, no, but for it just, sure. It's, never unfortunately out. for Lyon, he might just be an AHL caliber backup at this point, similar to Stolars. Yeah. I know that's not where he would probably envision himself right now or wish he would be, but that's no. what he's got to work with. And it's, yeah, seeing it's, now Carter Hart is their starter, you're just, it's either hoping that you're the backup if Elliot gets hurt or Elliot doesn't come back or mm-hmm. taking your talents elsewhere. Yeah. yeah that's right. That's thing he couldn't get a deal somewhere. He's not going to, he's not going to cost you a lot. It's just, no, he won't. Cause again, for, um, where is he? 700,000, I think. Oh, there you see. I have to go all the way down. Um, I think he was making this year. Yeah. He's. Yeah, every contract, which is kind of sad for him. But every contract he has signed since being with the Flyers has been less and less. Yeah. Again, um, I think he's, 20, his, he's 27. Yeah. I think you kind of know what to expect from the Flyers. You know what you're getting now. out of him. Yeah. It sucks, but it might be time to. Yeah. Not that it really matters because for the Phantom's sake, that's fine. I mean, not that having an HL career isn't terrible. Look at um, uh, Michael Layton. He was great in the HL. Oh, he's phenomenal. I think he might be one of the best HL goalies ever. <laughs> I think he technically he just never 
Yeah. And she just never was able to really bring it to the NHL much. And I think you're going to see a whole lot. Um, yeah. Again, moments here and there, but. Exactly. But so. now that the Flyers actually have their goalie, I think people's expectations for the Flyers is now going to not so much change. I think that where people place them is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And instead yeah. of it being again, maybe the Flyers. That's, that's the beauty of the national stage. People saw how great Carter Hart can be. Yeah, and so he, they know, okay, he's legit. So let's give the Flyers an actual shot. Instead of them being maybe a wild card team, I think they're absolutely. I would. I, this top is, three in the metro. Top be, three. I think they're going to be second. I'm doing a ball prediction now. Even though game. I don't think it's that bold, they're second Not in the bold. metro. This is I who I think. This is the top first. three I could see next year for the metro. Carolina. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Washington, Washington slash Pittsburgh. Again, my bold prediction. I know your bold prediction is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's not making because, playoffs. So it's yeah, but I don't think the Islanders are making it, so someone has to make it. So I think it's going to be the Penguins, Columbus, or Montreal if they do. And yeah. and add people. Again, but it again, doesn't have to be four teams, or even uh, for, you know, it doesn't have to be four teams for each division. Whole, it can be I, a five and a three. That's true. Or, sorry, conference, I should say. So, again, so here's my top teams that would make the playoffs and you know, be in order for the uh, the metro. So, one, bit of a bull prediction, Carolina. Two, Philly. Three, Washington. Four, Columbus. Five, Islanders. Six, Pittsburgh. Yep. I I, I, the Islanders aren't making the playoffs. I don't think the Islanders are making the playoffs next year. I don't think they're good. I'm sorry. I don't think they're good. I know they're in the Stanley Cup. Just because they're in my five doesn't mean they're in the playoffs. Just saying. That's so true. So, again, my top four, Washington – I'm sorry, uh, Carolina, Philly, Washington, and – who did I just say four? Columbus and – Columbus. So, so, so if anything – so you're not going to add the Rangers in there, or do you think that was just a fluke year for the Rangers? Oh my God, no, they're they're not in there. Are you kidding me? Even with Alexi Lafreniere, hell no, hell no. I think they're just as good as those other teams just mentioned, but that's just me. It's going to be close, but they're missing out on another year. That's just what I think. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying. So you're thinking that? Okay. It's gonna. It's either going to be. It's going to be four teams maximum in the Eastern Conference for the Metropolitan Division next year. Not, it's no longer five teams in the Metro Open playoffs. While in the Atlantic, Boston, it's, Tampa it's Bay, Toronto, be- and Montreal are next year for at least four of the spots. Yeah. Maybe for Florida. Maybe five for Florida. Yeah, exactly. If they turn around. Yeah. And then Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit are just all the way down. Yes, they are. So, same with the Devils. Yes. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I don't have much more on the Flyers. Um, I don't either, but if you haven't already told, if you couldn't already tell, I think we're both, Jeff and I are saying, uh, a success for the season, mainly yes. because the Flyers did win a playoff round. They did take the – and it was For the also, first time – in eight years, they've won a playoff round. So to me, that's a major success. And what's even, I think, potentially scarier part, not just the fact that they didn't play their best lineup, is that they didn't have a healthy Lindblom or a healthy Patrick. 
It's that they didn't even play the best, and they still were able to push the Islanders to seven. They were almost in the That's conference it. final. Yeah. yeah again, if a couple things here and there bounces go the Flyers' way, maybe the Flyers in the conference final. Yeah, I agree. Just saying. Just saying. Anyways, what were you going to say? <laughs> um, I think it's time to switch gears to the West, and let's get talking on Anaheim. I forgot we were doing that today. <laughs> Good job. You're, you're really on point. Thank you. Oh, my God. Anyway, so Anaheim, clearly a rebuilder. They have a good amount of pieces in their farm system. I'll go over some of their better prospects. All, what we're going to go over is some of their, their upcoming um, free agents and everything, UFAs, RFAs. So they were point four. 0.472% uh, points percentage. They had 29 wins, 33 losses, 9 overtime losses, 67 points. That's second best out of the six teams here in the rebuilder stage that I have here. Mm-hmm. Um, for them, they have Michael Delzato, Matt Irwin on defense as UFAs. Together, they make up 1.3 mil. They've Ryan Miller, 1.12 mil. Long-term injured reserve, 3.15 mil is Patrick Eves. There's not else I'm going to say. Get rid of everybody there. Yeah, Just clear up as much space no as you can. Yeah, there's there's no. no point in keeping these guys. There's no there's point, no but there's point. also no reason not to just because have got to fill up a lineup somehow. But unfortunately, Patrick Eves is rebuilt six. Ryan well, yeah, you don't have to bring him. I'm not saying you don't have to bring him back. I'm just saying uh, like Matt Irwin or Matt, uh, Michael Delzato. Well, the other great, thing is you're already not going to be that great of a team. So just like your young guys. Why not? Because no team is doing that. Um, also, you don't have to play them that much anyways because I still think they're one of the better defenses still. Even regardless without – Irwin and Delzado, they have seven guys in their lineup mm-hmm. on, on on defense. They have Cam Fowler, Hampus Lindholm, Josh Manson, Erica Branson. I forgot they got. I forgot they traded Juice uh, to. Yeah, they have Christian Juice, uh, Jacob Larson, and Cody Curran. So they have seven guys there on defense. They don't even need Irwin I and Delzado. If... Yeah, and you saw they were. Uh... You definitely saw in these trades that they made during the deadline too that they were, they obviously saw are no real surprise here that they were going to be rebuilding here because their run at the playoffs or a cup, even though the West isn't great, um, it's not there at the moment. So no, it's not. The thing that sucks is they still only have seven picks. The good thing is they got two first rounds. So. Because of that Andre Kasha trade, and yeah. it's Boston's um, pick, which I believe. Give me one second. I mean, it sucks that you took on Bacchus's contract, but I mean, it's just for a year. Yeah. Um, they only got four hundred seventy thousand in cap. Boston's pick again. They would have been twenty seventh, but that again belongs to um, Anaheim. Yeah, with Anaheim. Where'd they get in the draft lottery again? Say again? They are sixth. Sixth. 
sixth overall. Yeah. And realistically, they, they could. They're going to get someone good. Easily at move that other draft pick too. Either up they or really, try to get another second round or whatever. Yeah. So um, they. Yeah. So I would. I wouldn't get rid of that other also, first round pick. I don't think unless teams offer multiple like. Two, multiple seconds and a third, or in a, like three or four picks for that one first. If I'm an animal, I'm, I'm gonna be a little greedy for that first round pick and say, Look, we'll, we'll be willing to give it up for the right price, but it's gonna be heavy just knowing that because this is gonna be a pretty solid first round draft. Um, after that, I'm not, I personally don't know much about the rest of the draft class, but I know nothing, so <laughs> I know for a fact that the first round is gonna be a real solid class. Um, uh, draft and just go from there. But you gotta really be careful if you're Anaheim because forget about what you're gonna do this year. Look at next year. You've Getzoff, you've Backus. Their contracts expire. Erica Branson expires. There's, um, no, there's no reason. At, you just mentioned two guys. Um, Getzloff, he's 35. There's no reason for him to get another big contract. So, exactly, and same thing with Backus. Backus is probably no done anyway because of injuries. Back, there's no reason to bring back Backus exactly. anyway. So just my, my did, point you is, you had though, to take him in order to make the Kasha trade, right? The first round picks, right? Yeah. But, but the point is, though, teams have, or uh, if you're Anaheim, you just have to be smart with your money. Uh, I do agree with that, but I also they're a rebuild, but they're an interesting rebuild, and in that. I know Getzloff. I know Getzloff is older. Um, obviously, uh, Kessler, who's I don't know if he's ever going to come off the injury reserves. If you want to just buy him out like he did with Perry, yeah. um, some of your yeah. guys, like I think Henrik and Silverberg, and I think they're still good players. It's just no, they are. But the problem you, with I think, Anaheim on why they're such an interesting rebuild, they have all their young players that should be up now, learning and getting mentored. Mm-hmm. By gets on by and their the defense that um, just mentioned that I think is pretty Henry good. by Silverberg. They're still pretty young. They're still in their oh my god yeah. mid to late twenties. Even the Jack average Larson's twenty three seven. Yeah, that age is there, but that's also just because you got two thirty year olds, three thirty right. year olds in there. But Again, still, that's just average age. Um, but I'll put it this way: so they have Trevor Zegras, who's a t- um a big pick last year's draft uh, with the top ten pick. Um, he signed his entry level contract, so he'll be up and should be up in the NHL. He's going to be a force. You have uh, Maxime Comtois. He's on. He's uh, he's going to be in RFA at the end of next year. He's 21. This kid needs to play in the NHL. He's good. They're just wasting him in the AHL. I don't think he can get any better, in my opinion. That's just how I feel about Comtois. I think he's a great player. Um, you have who else was it? I I am happy to see that they uh, have. Sir, he did split time with the Ducks. Thank you. He played twenty nine well, games. you know, games. you know what? I'm saying he needs to spend more time. He put up anyway. eleven points, five goals, and six assists. He needs to produce more. Um, he only put he up twenty four points. I, I, believe me, be. I I know he's a talented player, and he's going to put up points. Just give him some time and the actual chance. Besides twenty two games to play. I think at that point they said, all right, we're out of the playoffs. Let's just let the young kids play. Max Jones is up. Sam Steele is up. Uh, Troy Terry is up. Those are three good young players right there for them. Um, so those, that group of, those group of players are 
players to watch out for. There's also um, Axel Anderson. He's only 20. He's in juniors right now, which is fine. Let him develop a little bit more. Also, let's not forget, yeah. uh, John Gibson's only 27. Yeah. Again, a good goalie can bring you only so far, but if he is healthy and good enough, and Ryan Miller's 40 now, and even though he's a pretty solid backup, he's 40. So yeah. if they want, they can bring in another kind of solid kind of backup just to split the times just to make Gibson rest more. But again, if at six, they can get a pretty good piece. And if they're going to get a very good piece, they can. Depends and on what they want, though. I agree. They should but go offense. Yeah, they're definitely going to go offense. Um, I would hope so. But also, I'd maybe even risk potentially moving up that second first round pick or if someone falls, but just, and maybe you end up being like Vancouver. Yeah. I know that's Elias Pedersen and uh, Jack or Quinn Hughes, sorry. Quinn Hughes, um, yeah. Were a big part in why they were so good and everything. But I'm just saying, if you add another, not that these, I don't know how good these prospects are that are coming in, but say if they're, Equally they're going to be solid. And at six, you get a pretty decent prospect who's good enough to come in right away. And the West, that's not great. And the defense and that goaltender. Mm-hmm. They're rebuilding, but they don't need to do too too much in the rebuild. They could pull a, they could pull a Flyers in that maybe, well, Henrik and Silverberg enter their 30s. Um, yeah. They or around the playoff bubble, maybe get in here or there, but they're not going to go too terribly far. But it gives the younger guys that they do bring in some experience. But I'll, I'll put it this way. Four and nine, they're in a good position at six. They're going to get either someone like Jamie Drysdale, who's a defenseman. Marco Roski's a smaller forward, but he can score. Lucas Raymond or Cole Perfetti, if not Alexander Holtz. Those last three guys... Or you know, these last three guys that I mentioned, Raymond, Perfetti, and Holtz, those and Whitmer. or Whitmer, uh, those are the ideal choices I have going to Anaheim. I Preferably agree. Lucas Raymond because he's a he, he's going to be a sniper in my opinion. And um, I, I, I think talents of California. Yeah, there you go. I didn't I didn't know that you changed your name to Lucas. No, but my name was up in there. I mean, I'd. I, I mean, it'd be a. It would be a real reach. It'd be a real reach. But I'm just Marco, saying. I said Marco, not Michael. I know you did, but we also oh, okay. mentioned my name in the three players you mentioned. Just forget it. Joke's over. God. God. God, Jeff. God. Dude, I can't with you today. <laughs> Anyway, my point is, though, they're going to get someone very good at six. I'll take your word for it. I know nothing about this draft. so Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go someone. It, it depends on who. If, really, in my opinion, it depends what Detroit does. Because for Detroit, it's either going to be defenseman or forward uh, for Drysdale or. Weird. Um, defenseman or. <laughs> for, wow, weird. 
There's so many options. Oh, defensive. Hey, hey, as soon as I said it. What am I going to get? What do we want? What do we want? Uh, you well, can we actually only got get three a goaltender. Yeah, there's only three real positions. There are forward, a defenseman, or a goalie. Goalie, we're set. Okay, so we're down to two. Forward, or def- a forward, a defenseman. As soon as I said it, I was like, shit, I know what I said, and he's going to pick me apart for it. Anyway, so leave me alone. I'm tired. So my point is, so they are going to shut up. Anyway, my point is, though, for Detroit, it really depends on what they're going to do. They're either going to draft, if they go defenseman, it's going to be Jamie Drysdale, most likely. If they're going to go forward, it could be any of those three forwards that I mentioned. And realistically, for the, um, we'll get to Detroit or, in a second, yeah. but off the top of my head, I feel like they could go with either or. I feel like they need kind of both. Well, exactly, and, and that's my point, though. It doesn't matter which direction so they for go. Detroit, for, for Detroit's team, sake. For like Anaheim, it matters what direction yeah. Detroit goes. Because if I'm Anaheim, I would want Lucas Raymond probably the most out of the, those other guys. Right. That's just me. And if I'm Detroit, I'm just trying to get whoever's best available at that point Pretty just because the, yeah. just because there's for Detroit they need a lot defense they, and they forward and, so. and, and goaltender Steve they need Eisen all three knows, I hate you so much I'll put it this way You're Steve Eiserman likes to surprise people and he knows what he's doing he took Maurice Sider um, third fourth fourth or fifth overall just the other year I think it was last year even um so, think he's, yeah, I think he's, nah, never mind. I don't want to make this, that joke. This might be. It was a dad joke on his last name that it was Cider. I'm not going to say it. Anyway, it would be a it would be a huge stretch. But if Detroit really liked this guy, uh, can't remember his name. It's the it's the goal he's projected to go within the top fifteen. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't um, know his name, but I know there's a goalie. Yes, um, it's oh crap. Where is it? It's like Sakharov or something like that. Sakharov? Uh, 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 no, <laughs> uh, a, a and uh, or something like that. And I doubt it. I. Don't think it would get, he would go this much far of a stretch, but Eisenman might possibly get the route of Askarov at fourth overall. Just saying. We've seen crazy things happen with Eisenman drafting and just in general. Yeah, but typically when he's at that spot, he does pretty well of not doing a reach or too much of a reach there. Right. Well, but Again, dude, like look, I usually look, say. Look at Cider, though. No one even had him probably in the first round, and he took him at fourth overall last year. Right. So that's my point, though. Is I mean, Detroit really got, know what to I mean, Detroit got screwed over this whole thing because they thought they were going. Oh, absolutely! It was yeah. complete shit the way they did this, and I don't know. Just things overall for Detroit and Anaheim were like kind of going circling all the way back to them. So you kind of got off. Oh track. yeah, we we're talking about them. As we took, yeah. Uh, but you know, it kind of depends on what Detroit does that really is going to shape everything for Anaheim. So. But I, I do agree with you. Even though they do have some young uh, forwards, um, Max Jones and Sam Steele, 
but or even if you want to go Sonny Milano or Jansen Heinen. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying they're younger players. I wasn't saying how good yeah. they were or Troy, Troy Terry. Um, they could really go either way because even defensive, defensively they got some young guys, but I'd still probably end up going more forward-wise because yeah. for them, I think at this point, um, I'd want to try to get someone who's top line caliber, top six yeah. caliber maybe. That'd be my hope. Because at this point, Again, the guys, many of the guys you have like are Lucas Raymond or Cole Perfetti. Yeah, because more than likely the guys that you have right now are middle Sixers. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. And, so, and Jeff Jeff's liking this because I know he's not a big Ducks fan, even though Corey Perry's out of there. I liked him the current players on the Ducks and in their system. So, mm-hmm. so I'll give him that. Also, Stolarz is there. So, but um, do you get anything else to add to Anaheim, Mike? Not really. They should just go back to the old Mighty Ducks. That's just my thinking. I like it. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. Um, So, unfortunately, we don't have as much as I thought we would on Anaheim. If you did, just saying that Ducks team did go pretty far, that Mighty Ducks team. Salani, Korea, they're pretty good. Oh my god! All right, we need to end this podcast so I can get out of here because you're just driving me nuts at this point. Where did we get this guy from? Oh. Stuck with me. You were the one that wanted to get on, by the way. For the record. For the record, people, he was the one that wanted to get on. You're exactly right, too. <laughs> That's what we're going to end today. So, yeah. we'll see you next time.